Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the second episode of Super Friends. Uh, this episode is pretty exciting because we have the MTG mom herself, Megan Holland. How are you doing, Megan? I'm good, how are you? I'm pretty good. Um, you are not a mom, and I feel like I've really blown this wide open. When I was doing research about you, I discovered that you are not a mom. I'm not. Um, you know, I'm still pretty young, no kids yet, you know, just enjoying life as it is. Do you feel like this revelation is going to hurt? <laughs> no, because I have plenty of people who call me mom. So <laughs> So how how has that been so far, being kind of uh I guess what's the correct term, the den mother? The Yeah, I mean something like that. Um I mean I love it. You know, I wouldn't keep doing it if I didn't love it. Um I think you know, they kind of need something like that. Um, and, you know, I'm going to do it for them whether they want me to or not. So, uh, <laughs> you know, just keep embracing it. Sure. Well, I guess let's start kind of at the beginning here. How did you get involved in magic? Um, Kit and I started dating back at the end of 2002. And he got back into magic in the beginning of 2003. Um, so it was kind of a very natural thing where he got into it, um, and he had played on and off for a few years, but I was like, oh, what's this new thing, you know, that, like, him and all of my friends through him were now, you know, getting involved in, and, um, you know, I just started playing, and, you know, it was nice back then, there was no pressure, or, uh, you know, it was just, oh, there's this cool thing that I'm going to do while they're doing it. Did you did you like it from the beginning, or did you need to be uh, did you need to play a few times to be convinced of whether or not you liked it? You know, I don't think I questioned it. To be honest, I think that it was just you know like I wanted to be the cool girlfriend who you know hung out with her boyfriend and did what he was doing, and you know it. And there was nothing negative about it. You know, I had fun. You know, we hung out with our friends and we played, and um, it was just it was a lot of fun. So. I never thought, like, should I like this or should I not like this? I just liked it. That's pretty interesting. I think that's one thing that people forget is that magic is a game. And I guess if you don't know a lot of the negative connotations that go with it and you were just introduced to it, it would just be a game. Yeah, exactly. Um, so how did you learn to play? Did you just jump right in? Did you use any of the stuff that they put out specifically for new players? or? No, I mean, I don't remember what they had back then, but... um. Uh, you know, I just, I watched a lot and I still watch a ton. Um, but, you know, Kit made me an elves deck and, uh, I started playing it, you know, the local, it wasn't really FNM that we played in back then. It was, you know, the Tuesday night or, you know, whatever it was, but just kind of got my feet wet there and then started to play a little bit more. Now, when you say back then, do you remember what the current set was? Uh, it was Onslaught Standard. Oh, yeah, man. sometime around then. So goblins. You were playing elves in a sea of goblins? Yeah, well, Wellwisher is my card. Um, it's my favorite. And, uh, you know, Wellwisher, Seeger, Skybreak, Timberwatch Elf, all those fun cards, so. Yeah, that was, did you play, um, did you play Limited back then? Or no, it was really interesting how, like, our development of which uh, formats we've played, because back then, at our local shop, they didn't really do many limited events, maybe a pre-release, but everything else was standard. Um, so we played a ton of standard. And then 
Uh, later, when we moved to Tampa and we got into more of a competitive scene, it was much more focused on limited and a lot less focused on standard. And now it's kind of half and half. Do you get a chance to play competitively much these days, or is travel take up most of your time? Um, I choose not to. I mean, I'm sure I could. I, I go to all these events. I just, you know, right now it's not my focus. For a while I tried to figure out, you know, like, how good of a player do I want to be? Do I want to be trying to make day two of a GP? Do I want to be trying to win a PTQ? Um, and I just decided that I didn't want that stress or that pressure. So I found a different way to get involved. Well, let's, uh, I guess the perfect time, I guess, to segue into it. Tell me about how you started MTG Mom. Um, I started a Google Calendar a while back and just started adding my events that I was going to go to. Um, was trying to, I love to plan. I usually have my entire year planned out from, like, the time that they released the GP schedule. Um, this year has been completely different, so it's, it's, interesting to not be able to plan everything but um you know I just I needed the calendar to know when I could go visit family or you know when we needed to be in town or out of town and then I started um sharing that with other people locally and then you know adding on a few other events and it it eventually became where there was like 50 to 100 people that were using the calendar and I was like well I might as well just make this website and have it more accessible and to be honest, I didn't expect it to kind of uh, become as popular as it did as quickly as it did. Um, so it's been a very exciting, you know, five months or so that it's been up. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting to see it. Uh, you know, I remember I heard about it once or twice, and then all of a sudden it was just like the standard. Like if you're going anywhere, you just check mpgmom.com. Yeah, I mean, I've been really fortunate to have um, community support with, you know, Patrick Chapin, Jerry, uh, Drew Levin, like a lot of the people at the Star City events. Um, and, you know, all the pros that will wear it at the GPs, Conley, Brian. Um, you know, it's just great. Uh, unexpected, but awesome. So, obviously, the reason it's a success is because it's a service that people need. Why do you think it's taken so long for someone to get get this stuff organized? And why do you think Wizards hasn't done it themselves? You know, I'm not entirely sure why Wizards hasn't done it. I don't know if they just sometimes, you know, you're so involved in what you're doing, you can't see the little things. You can't see, you know, like you think you've got, you know, I'm sure when they launched their new search thing with their Google Maps and like, I'm sure they were super excited, you know, but they're not the ones that have to go in and use it all the time. So they don't know how difficult it is to use or, you know, they probably do their baseline tests, see that it works for what they are trying to do. But, you know, having to use it every day or all the time is completely different. Um, so, I, like I said, I'm sure that they were very excited and thought that when they made that change that it was going to be great. Um, it turns out that it's a little more difficult to use than the players want. And, you know, fortunately, I can try and provide this calendar that has the events for them in an easier-to-use fashion. Have you ever spoken with anybody at Wizards? Has anyone ever said, you know, like, hey, we like what you're doing, or nice job, or... Um, I went to dinner with Mike Turian at the Invitational back in December, and he was joking that he told them that they're crazy for not doing something similar, and he basically got, you know, like, laughed at. Um, 
So, you know, again, I think they've got a lot going on. They see that it's there now. You know, I think that, you know, they obviously have way more resources because they have it all firsthand. Um, so they could do it a little bit differently, but for now, I'm just happy that I can do it. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been awesome. And like, I'm glad that it's been so successful for you. Do you, do you also feel like Twitter is a big, a big help for you? Oh, I love Twitter just because it's such a great resource at the events themselves to be able to keep people updated. I know that when I'm not at the events, I want to know what's going on, especially, you know, Gigi's live helps, but that's one match or, you know, that's only so much information that they can provide. And Twitter allows you to, to get more information out immediately. Yeah. Twitter's been, I, I was one of the biggest haters of Twitter when it first came out. Cause I, I was like, it's just, it's just texting. It's just texting with your friends and it is not. And it's, it's been awesome for uh tournament magic. I feel like it's really revived my interest in tournament magic because it's just so much easier to follow. Exactly, exactly. And um I was this weekend I was texting with Alice Bertoncini trying to convince him to get a Twitter. And um you know, I think all of these players that have committed to going to all of the events, it's great for them to be on there and to be updating, and, you know, because you want to root for them. You want to know how they're doing, especially with him and Jerry being in the player of the year race for Star City. You know, you want to know, like, what what's the anticipation level at the event? You know, you're not there, but you can still get excited for them and you can still know that, you know, they're both battling it out. Yeah, and it also, I, th- I think it also just really helps. I mean, it's one of the reasons I wanted to start doing the show is I feel like it actually gives people some personality. Because when you're looking at the tournament reports, all you see is numbers and names, and they you really don't understand anything about the people. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, I think it's a great way to have um, casual conversations to get people. You know, you've got Facebook, which connects people, too, but it's a little bit different. I don't think you have the same kind of conversations on Facebook, you know, and it's certainly not in this, like, group chat kind of environment where you've got all these people jumping in. Yeah. What, I mean, one of the things that I really like is, like, little things like, you know, last weekend, uh, PV was trying to figure out how to catch a shuttle from, I think, LaGuardia to JFK, mm-hmm. and he posts on Twitter, and he has, like, 80 responses telling him how to do it, and I don't know, I just find that that kind of charming. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been at places where you're like, hey, I'm here at this airport, you know, who else is here, and you get responses, or even... When um, we were at the event in New Jersey and I, AJ needed the Jaces and I posted on Twitter, you know, does anybody have the Jaces? And you guys came up to me and you're like, yeah, you know, I mean, like, how awesome is that? That you can literally <laughs> be in a room full of, you know, 500 people and, you know, make some post online and a minute later, you know, like have somebody else respond. Like, it's just awesome to be able to connect that way so quickly. So, Megan, obviously you do the, the MTG Mom stuff, and you're pretty involved with players in the community. Is there anything else that you're doing in the community that people should know about? Um, I mean, I know it's kind of a broad question, but I know you do, you do a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I try to be, like, very open and approachable. So, you know, I tend to get some of the, the relationship problems. You know, they, I am the on on Facebook or whatever, and, you know, they're like, hey, got a minute, you know, and I'm I'm more than happy to be that person for them to, you know, and it's not just relationship problems, it's, you know, uh, bad beat stories or whatever else, you know, sometimes I think people just need somebody to, to vent to, 
and um, I'm more than happy to, you know, to be that person for them. Um, I was talking with Kit a little bit yesterday about, I went to see my dental hygienist and she's such a bubbly, bright personality. You know, I see her a couple times a year, but like, I look forward to seeing her every time because she's so happy and so positive. And, you know, like, I feel like she makes my day better just interacting with her. And it, you know, really made me feel like that's how I want to be to people. I want to be that you know, a little bit of sunshine in their day or whatever, because I think that so often that little thing can make such a big difference. And I think sometimes people don't appreciate that. What well, do you, do you feel like, um, how do you feel with like the age difference between everybody? Cause I feel like these days on the competitive magic, the ages are finally like spread out pretty diversely. Like the last event I was at, I feel like the people competing ranged from, you know, 15 to in their forties, which didn't it doesn't seem like that's how it always used to be i feel like the ages were much more clumped together mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's interesting because i feel like i take for granted how young some of these people are you know i hang out with them we get along it's normal and then i'm like you're 18 you know and like <laughs> in general that's not a big deal but when you're thinking about the life choices that they're making or you know like how you can relate on certain things it's like Oh, like, especially because I'm married at 25, you know, I'm in a very different place than even other 25 year olds. So, um, I, but I think it's great to be able to have, um, some of the mentor relationships that you see in the community. Um, you know, and, and to be able to have, you know, the Brian Kibblers that are older and have been around and have so much experience to be able to share with these, you know, these younger people who are coming in, you know, just, just learning. Yeah. Well, you've been, a, you know, speaking of players, you've been around a lot of players and a lot of players that, who are competing at a very high level. What what have you learned from them? What's, like, the one tip that you would pass on that you've learned from people? You know, I think that it's, it's – there's some balance between realizing that it's just a game and, and, like, honoring how important it is to what you're doing. Because they are investing a lot of time in the game, so they want to be good at it. And I don't think they should take that too lightly. But at the same time, you know, in the grand scheme of the world, you know, it's just a game. Right. So finding that, you know, like, if you lose a match, it's not the end of the world. But, it, you know, it may set you back in your goal. So trying to learn from those experiences. Because every match you know, regardless of win or lose, can be a learning experience if you make it that. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a good point. I feel like there, there is really a fine line between being a competitor and being too competitive. So what is a bad habit that hurts you? Like, what have you, what's a bad habit that you've seen uh, some players have? I think not, um, you know, kind of trying to let go of their loss too quickly. You know, trying to, in a way, to overcompensate for their loss or not getting upset. They don't take the time to look at why they lost. They just don't want to deal with it at all. Um, so I think that they're missing opportunities to learn from their experiences. And, um, you know, I think that, again, like, you don't want to dwell on the loss. You don't want to um, overthink it. But, you know, sometimes you can look at players like Ben Lundquist or uh, David Irvine or two that I often see 
you know, after the match, they're just sitting there and, and you can see that they're actively going through their play and what they did in the game and how they can change it. And I think that that's a healthy way to do it. You know, I think that there should be some sort of, you know, examination of your match, but not to the point where, um, you, you can't move on to the next game. I think, you know, Brad Nelson talks all the time, you know, go from game to game, go from match to match. Don't let the previous one affect this one. And I think that that's a really important lesson to learn. Yeah. What is your favorite event that you've been to? You've been to quite a few events. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hard. I think that Grand Prix Orlando is sort of always going to be my favorite because it was my first big event. Um, so I have a lot of memories, but it's very different memories than I have now. Um, you know, the Invitational was awesome, um, because there were so many of my friends that did well, you know, um, my roommates were there, uh, John and Keith, they both did well, um, Gindy made top eight, uh, Jerry won, you know, like, I think the events where you've got all of this excitement. Um, are the best and I had, I had a lot of fun and I have a lot of fun at all of them. But, um, in recent time, I think, you know, the invitational is probably my favorite right now. Would you like to be able to travel more outside the country for events or is that just not realistic right now? Um, I went to Worlds in Rome, which was awesome. Um, and had a lot of fun, but, you know, trying to balance the time and the money. And all of that is pretty difficult. And, um, you know, we're fortunate enough to have two domestic pro tours this year. So um, it's not as necessary to try and get out of the country. But, you know, if I could teleport, I'd be at every event. That's just not possible <laughs> yet. So, Are, are you going to be at Worlds this year? I'm hoping to. Like I said, my schedule this year is kind of on like a week-to-week basis, which is driving my OCD a little bit crazy. But, you know, it's another lesson to learn, you know, one that uh, I probably need, you know, lack of control and um, a little bit more of a free spirit. So, uh, Worlds this year is San Francisco, correct? Yes. It's funny because the only Worlds I've ever been to was in San Francisco when it was there, uh, I don't know, eight, nine years ago. Okay. I can't remember. I can't remember. So it's it's kind of uh, feeling a little homesick. I wish, yeah. I wish I could be at that one. So you've been to so many events now at this point. Um, is there anything that sticks out in your mind? Like, what makes an event good or bad? And uh, and sorry, I guess to clarify, what I mean is, uh, you know, the way it's run. Like, okay. what have you seen that makes an event successful? And conversely, what makes it not very successful? I think the layout of the space is really important. Um, you know, at Worlds in Rome, the venue was cool, but, you know, like the main event was completely separate from the side event area. You know, it was a big square and the main event was downstairs in the front half of the building. And then, you know, you had to take the elevator or stairs on the opposite side to get up to the side events area. So it was really hard for players that weren't in the main event to be following what was going on because there was just too much time and not, you know, you you didn't know when your round was up or those kinds of things. Um I think that venues with um, tablecloths are great. <laughs> um, I think it's really difficult for the players when there aren't tablecloths. Um, 
Food is another really important thing. Either a lot of food in walking distance or, you know, actual reasonable prices um, and food available for a lot of the time. I think sometimes they close at like 6 p.m. and, you know, the players don't even realize that it's already that late and then, you know, it's harder for them to get food. So I think that those are some of the bigger things. Obviously, having the rounds end quickly and trying to get finished as early as possible because some of them, I think Nashville was really difficult because day one ended really late and day two started early and there was like, you know, you figure if you give them time to go eat after day one, they got maybe six hours of sleep and I think that that's probably generous. So. Yeah. Do you think that events are too long? It's really interesting because having uh, been going to the Star City events, I really feel like I like them more, and I've been trying to figure out what the difference is between those and um, the Grand Prix. And I think that part of it is that the actual tournament itself is a lot shorter, um, you know, and in addition to having the two separate tournaments so that if you do bad in one, you can look forward to doing the other one. Um, but I think that they're going to have to try and figure something out because 10 rounds in one day um, is a lot for the players. And, you know, they just – I don't think that they'll stop coming, but I think that they'll have a less enjoyable time, and nobody wants that. Right. So speaking of length, here's uh, something I thought about while watching uh, the Star City event this weekend. How do you feel about the buys? For instance, if you're doing well enough, like at the Legacy event this weekend, um, Jerry got two buys in an eight-round event, which is obviously awesome for him. Mm -hmm. But, man, what an advantage in an eight-round match. Yeah, I mean, you saw Alex went um, 4-0 and then double drew after mm -hmm. his buys. And um, I think that right now it's, it's an advantage. I think both are awesome players, and I think – you know, they would probably win their first two rounds. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, no, no doubt. I mean, they, you earned, know, they earned the right to have right. that. I'm just curious if that's, is that, but, is it too good? I mean, I think that, you know, next year there'll be a lot more players that have them, and it'll kind of make it a little bit better for everyone. Um, you know, for now I'm just glad that there are players that get to have that time off to go get food or, um, you know, kind of, rest a little bit more because, you know, the people with the two buys are probably doing well the day before or having to play, you know, their semifinals, finals matches that morning. So I think it's it's good to to be able to have that little break. Yeah. So who's going to be the first Star City player to win the Constructed and Legacy the same weekend? I mean, my bet's on Jerry. He came really close this weekend. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty close. Yeah, it was. It was a bit heartbreaking, but um. Yeah, that was a pretty uninteractive loss there at the end. But yeah, I guess that's uh, that's magic. You know, I. Yeah, I mean, I was talking with uh, Ben Weinberg about the match as we were watching it, and you know, trying to figure out who we wanted, either Adam or um, the Tesseract player to win, and uh, yeah, definitely wish Adam had won, but. Uh, you know, like, it's exciting, and he got close. Um, I think he can do it. Will somebody do it first? Maybe. You know, you've got 
a lot of other really good players out there, um, Alex, Drew, AJ, you know, all of them that do really well in both days. So I think that there's a chance that somebody else will do it, but um, him and Alex probably have the better odds since they're going to more events. Um, but my hope is that Jerry does it. Yeah. So what format do you like the best? I like limited the best. Um, I think that, I mean, when I really get into playing, that's what I want to be playing. Um, it hasn't been a focus lately because there's so much other stuff going on and I only have so much time. But um, it's definitely, I think that it's just, it's the most fun and the least amount of pressure. Yeah, I like, I'm, I'm a limited player as well. I like, I like limited the best. What's your uh, favorite set for limited? Um, I really liked triple shards. Um, I mean, that's, it's hard to say because that's when I was playing the most. So that's when I did the best and, you know, like, um, so I'm very influenced by that. But, um, you know, I, I had a fun, I really liked Lorwyn. Um, I know not everybody did. Uh, but, you know, I like the tribal sets and, um. Yeah, I, uh, I hate Onslaught, and I really like Lorwyn, so. I, I'm a big Lorwyn fan as well. I feel like it was, a uh, the better way to do tribal. Yeah, I mean, I had a ton of fun, but again, like, it's hard to say, because that's when I was playing the most limited. So, I'm pretty, you know, biased just based on that, but at the same time, I guess if it's more fun, I'm gonna play more of it, so. Yeah. So, if you have, if you're drafting triple shards, what's the card you want to open? Pick one, pack one. I don't even know. Um, maybe Tower Gargoyle. Um, I remember when we were at Worlds in Memphis, and I was doing a team draft with um, Tim Landale and Zach Eflin, and I mulled to four and one because of Wild and the Cattle. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> that was a good set. I like that one. But, um... Do you play any any casual formats, like um, EDH or Cube? or? We have a Cube at the house. I don't play often. Um, my husband and our other roommate, John, they play so much with the Cube that they have such an advantage. You know, knowing all the cards in, in the Cube gives them um, an advantage, not to mention they've been playing for so long that, you know, they're familiar with the different archetypes that you can build and those kinds of things. Um, but every time, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got all these good cards. I don't know what to play. I don't know what to pick. You know, like every pack is so difficult. Um, but I play every once in a while. Sometimes we'll do sealed with that. Um, but I just, sometimes I feel like their advantage is just way too, way too much. Yeah. All right. So here's, here's the hard hitting question that people really want to know about Megan. What's the deal with the cupcakes? How did that happen? You know, it's funny because I started out, I'm pretty sure I started with brownies at one event, um, and I didn't like the way that they, like, transported. I had to individually wrap them. They got, you know, broken up, and it was just, I didn't like it. Um, and then I was trying to think this morning because Gerard wrote in his article about uh, GP Boston when I brought cupcakes there for his birthday, and I'm thinking that that may have been the first time that I did, like, mass cupcakes. And, you know, it just kind of stuck, and it worked, and it was fun, and it was, you know, a way that, again, I could get involved and meet new people um, 
And, you know, it, it kind of, uh, it stuck so much that I feel obligated, but <laughs> I love it. So, um, you know, and now I've figured out a new way to do it with the little boxes so I can hand them out individually and I don't have to go individually ice them all one by one, which was kind of a pain. I think it's funny that, uh, somehow the cupcakes are easier to transport than the brownies because in my mind, you just wrap a bunch of bricks, toss them in your bag, but cupcakes, you know, they seem more, more fragile. Well, the cupcakes, well, I had them in like a giant Tupperware thing, so they didn't get messed up and they were kind of protected by this, you know, the plastic, but the brownies were just, I don't know, like, I mean, I'm sure that there's a way to do it. I just, you know, I prefer eating the cupcakes and, um, you know, I, f- I found the system that works, but, and the current system is so much better because when I would walk through the airport with the clear, you know, Tupperware container full of cupcakes and everybody on the airplane was like, oh, she should sit next to me. Let me have one. Like, you know, walking through the airport, you would hear, oh, oh, look at the muffins. I want a muffin, <laughs> you know, or the airport security. I mean, it was just such a, such a hassle and, um. So I'm happy to have figured out, you know, the next level for the cupcakes. Sure. What's the best cupcake you've ever made? I try to stick to just vanilla and chocolate, um, just because I think that sometimes if you do funky flavors, people are less likely to eat them. Mm -hmm. And my, my goal is to, you know, give out as many as I can. Um, I did do blueberry muffins and banana nut muffins. Um, since those are Kit's two favorites. And I did, there was like banana nut muffins that were in the box with the chocolate cupcakes. And so they took on some of the smell of the chocolate. And so people kept thinking that there was chocolate in the banana nut muffins. (laughs) So I ended up the next time I added chocolate to some of the banana nut muffins. So they seemed to like that. But the muffins were much more difficult than the cupcakes and trying to do like three batches of cupcakes and two batches of muffins was just a little much. I think that uh, it it will be unlikely to have both muffins and cupcakes at events. (laughs) So you hear players talk about, you know, like when they're, they're brewing deck ideas, you know, they they think they come up with this like really sweet deck idea and then it just blows up uh, in design. Have you ever, have you ever had a, a sweet idea for a cupcake that's just, not been practical or has been terrible when you tried to make it? You know, my current thought is some kind of an Oreo cupcake, and I'm trying to decide if I'm going to try it. Um, how's how's that going to work? It's going to have Oreos in it or taste like Oreos? It's going to have Oreos in it. I don't, like I said, I don't know how this is going to work, and I'm trying to figure out because of the way I, I like, I inject the icing into the middle of them now so that um, they still have icing, but I don't have to worry about the icing on the top getting messed up. Um, so I'm trying to figure out if I would crush up Oreos and mix that in with the icing in addition to having Oreos mixed in with the cupcakes. If, like, Oreos with the chocolate would be better than Oreos with the vanilla. Would I add white chocolate to the cupcake mix? You know, I haven't quite figured it out. But my mom loves to get me cupcake things now. Um, She doesn't I, – I don't know if it's just it's an easy thing, but, you know, I have a cupcake 
recipe book. I have a cupcake candle. I have a cupcake jewelry box. <laughs> I have a cupcake bathing suit. I have a cupcake uh, calendar that she just got me. Um, it, it It's a little extreme. She wanted to get me a cupcake necklace, and it was like $50. And I was like, Mom, you're not spending that. Like, you're taking it a little extreme. But um, it's funny because, you know, she sent me a Valentine's Day card that had a cupcake on it. And uh, she'll just send me random things in the mail that have cupcakes. And I'm just like, all right, I got to figure out something new to do that, you know, I can uh, I can make work for, for my benefit if she's going to send me themed items. You could just tell her that you're really into money. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but it's it's hilarious, the stuff that I get in the mail from her. I mean, it's all, you know, very thoughtful. But um, I have quite the collection of random cupcake items. So besides cupcakes, the other thing that uh, people see you at the events with all the time is your camera. Yes. Uh, would you consider yourself a photographer or are you just a kind of a casual photographer? I don't even know. Like, I don't feel like I've earned the title photographer. Um, I have a really nice camera, you know, thanks to Kit for my birthday. Um, but, you know, I don't know that, like, I don't know enough about it. I I don't really take into effect, like, the angle and the shutter speed um, and the things that maybe I should be taking into account. Um, you know, it's just luckily it's a fancy camera that takes awesome pictures and does a lot of the work for me. Um, I feel like I don't do it justice, but, you know, I have it. So one day, you know, maybe I'll get a little bit better with it and start to understand more of the things that it can do. But, um, yeah, it's I, I don't think I've earned the title photographer. I just like to take pictures. So for now, I mean, you, you say you just like to take pictures. Have you ever considered uh, the photography aspect of your, your trips to these events being a more major focus for you? Or is it just kind of a way for you to document what you're doing? Yeah, I mean, right now it's a way for me to document it. It's definitely something that I've considered um, as, like, another way to get involved, um, you know, on the wizard's end, perhaps. But um, right now it's not really anything that I'm looking to to make happen. Do you play any Magic Online? Rarely. Um, I, it's definitely, it's it's one of those things that, you know, maybe once every two months, I'm, like, launching Modo, and I'm, like, I'm going to do something. And then, like, I get too worried, and I'm, like, I don't want to lose. And I'm, like, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make an idiot of myself. And, you know, um, back before, you know, I had so many Twitter followers, my username was pretty unknown, so nobody would know if it was me. But I guess, you know, part of the the problem with getting, yeah to be more well-known is that now somebody could see me and they'd actually know who I was. So. <laughs> so you just too much pressure. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny that I let it get to me because it doesn't matter. Like, I don't think anybody actually cares if I play well or I don't play well, but you know, it, it's hard to get over that. Oh yeah. I mean, I understand like when I, when I do the online cube drafts with Taya, I feel like, you know, Tay and I are known as cube players and, I, I just don't ever want to lose right, right. <laughs> what I play because it's, it's, it's as if somehow losing in a game of magic, you know, like if people see like Brian Kibler lose a match, they just all of a sudden are like, man, that guy just can't play magic. You know, <laughs> he, he lost a game. It's just what a terrible player. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny because with so many videos and stuff now, you see that they make misplays. You see that, you know, there are judgment calls and sometimes you get it wrong. Um, it's very normal. It happens to everyone. But when it's happening to you, you know. Yeah. Well, Megan, what do you like to do in your free time besides magic? Um, you know, just watch Gigi's live count. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I right now I feel like it's it's such a, a part of my life and I love it that way. Um, you know, I like to go to the movies, go to dinner with Kit, you know, hang out with him uh, and go work out, those kinds of things. Um, but, you know, somebody in chat the other day was like, you know, why would you want to be at home watching Gigi's live or why would you go to an event? Or and It's like, because I like it, you know? Um, you know, this is what I like to do. And, uh, you know, I mean, there are other things in, in life, but not as many that I enjoy so much. So I'll take as much magic as I can get. It's not a bad attitude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it's important to find the things in life that make you happy and I just happen to like watching my friends do well, so. <laughs> so you said that you like to go see movies. What's the last good movie you saw? Uh, what was The Adjustment Bureau? Okay. Um, yeah, we went and saw that, and I liked that. Uh, we went and saw Limitless. Oh, uh, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, we went and saw that, and I didn't like that as much. It was, it was almost, uh, disappointing. To have it, you know, it kind of started out cool. It had a lot of interesting camera angles and things, but um, it didn't quite uh, meet what I meet my expectations. But I really like the Adjustment Bureau. That that got us, you know, talking and thinking. So, what's your favorite movie? <sighs> Gosh, um, I really like a lot of Adam Sandler movies. I really like the X-Men series. Um, I, I'm, you know, like all the the girly movies like Center Stage, uh, A Knight's Tale, those kinds of things. Um, I was a pretty big Heath Ledger fan, so. I saw on your Facebook Save the Last Dance. Yes, I do. I mean, you know, I'm a sucker for the dance movies, but. Um, okay, so this is. I saw that, and I immediately had this idea, and I need you to name this movie for me, okay? It's about a young female magic player, and she gets a scholarship to Juilliard for magic, but <laughs> while at magic, she, while at the Juilliard School for Magic, she gets involved with a group of street magic players, and she is in jeopardy of losing her scholarship if she continues to play with them, but she's learning so much about herself with them that she doesn't want to give up the street magic. <laughs> What's a better title for this movie? Uh, tap it to the streets or save the last cauldron dance? Probably tap it to the streets. Tap it to the streets? Yeah. All right. I will be in contact with you about this. We are going to get a script together. And it's going <laughs> to be huge. <laughs> That's an awesome idea. Yeah, yeah I used to... I, I actually saw that movie in the theater, Save the Last Dance, when that came out. That was back when Julia Stiles existed. Yeah. Oh, man. It's such a good movie. I watched it not too long ago, and it's well, so funny how, like, easy it is for me to just get some stupid girly little smile. Well, I think it's funny because it's just, like, I, I love um, 
I love movies like that that just are not afraid to be so over the top with hyperbole. Like, just everything, everything she's doing is just like the most dangerous thing ever. She's throwing everything away. And like, <laughs> the movie's so PG, like nothing bad is happening at all. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, what, what about uh, TV? Are there any TV shows that you like? Um, watch House a lot. Um, I was telling Kit last night that I'm not sure I'm a fan of, you know, the most recent episodes. But, um, I really like, uh, One Tree Hill before it, you know, kind of jumped the shark. You know, but like Gilmore Girls, uh, definitely a, a classic. And, uh, you know, West Wing back when it was on. Yeah. Numbers I missed. I don't understand where it went. How about, how about West Wing before Aaron Sorkin left? Because after season four, it gets pretty, gets pretty bad. I mean, I'm, I don't know. Like, I'm a West Wing fan through the whole thing. Um, I really wanted Studio 60 to do well. Unfortunately, that happened. No, No, it was. (laughs) Yeah. I I too I too went in there because I loved West Wing, but that show was bad. Yeah, I mean it's kind of one of those things where you sit through it because you just really wanted to do well. Um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately that didn't happen. So um, I really like White Collar. Oh, so I I remember what I wanted to ask you before I got distracted with my stupid movie idea. You said you like the X Men movies. Are you excited about First Class? I am really excited. Um, it comes out the weekend of the Invitational, so we're hoping to get a group of people together to go see it, and I, I'm really, really excited. Uh, it, it's so funny, because the X-Men movies are really something that I feel like I'll watch any day of the week. Um, once it was in Spanish, and it was on the TV, and I didn't notice for a few minutes, because... I was just enjoying the movie so much. And I don't know Spanish, but uh, <laughs> it took me a minute to be like, oh, this is in Spanish, you know, like I can't actually understand. And then went and found it on the English channel. But, uh, you know, I, I would probably sit there and watch it in Spanish if it wasn't on in the English channel, you know. Um, I mean, I have all three on DVD, so that's not really necessary. But uh, it's just, you know, I think those are movies that are great, you know, when it doesn't matter how many times you've seen them, that you'll just jump in the middle and you'll, you know, watch it. Yeah. So in Spanish, are they a quis hombres? Is that, <laughs> is that Spanish for X-Men? Yeah, maybe. All right, Megan. Well, we need to start wrapping it up here, but I wanted to ask you, what do you have planned for this coming year? Is there anything you have in the works? I I have a few things in the works. Um, I'm not sure how much of it I want to talk about yet because okay. I don't know that... Um, that they're going to happen, but uh, one thing that is pretty likely to happen is that I think I'm going to be gunslinging at the Orlando pre-release in May. Oh. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. A little nervous, going to start trying to play more to get ready, but... Yeah, you're going to have to get over your Magic Online fear there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you should just start playing a Magic Online and get ready for it. I know. Well, I've got, I built Valakut, um IRL, and then... Um, Kit has it on his Moto account, so uh, I'm going to try and start playing that just to kind of um, get used to playing more often and then, you know, start drafting, and we'll see. This this could be the resurgence of me playing Magic. Hopefully it will be. Awesome. And I guess the last thing, you have a few 
places online that you post? Um, I mean, obviously, mtgmom.com. Mm-hmm. But where else can people follow you online? Um, Twitter.com slash mtgmom, D-O-T-C-O-M. Um, and Facebook at the same, facebook.com slash mtgmom, D-O-T-C-O-M. Um, and then, you know, on the website, you can request stickers, read my latest blog posts that are, it's a new thing we're trying out. Um, Which I like, by the way. I read your, uh, your first two travel, your little travel blog. It was pretty Yeah, awesome. I mean, it was, it was a super exciting experience, something that, you know, I never expected to be able to do. Um, and, you know, it was a week full of fun times, so I figured I might as well share that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, not to speak for everybody, but I think that's exactly the kind of stuff that people would like to see. Like, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, so hopefully I can go to, um, you know, more events. And I didn't have my laptop there, so it's kind of been a slow process getting um, the blog post up. But hopefully, you know, in the future I'd have my laptop with me and could get them up a little bit sooner, you know, more as it's going on. But um, the other thing is for any... um players or tournament organizers that have events going on that they want me to add to the calendar, if they just email me at Megan at mtgmom.com, then I can do that. Great. All right. Well, Megan, it was awesome to have you on and to talk to you. You too. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for being on the show. Thank you.